Welcome, listeners, to the official Christian Influence actual play D&D podcast of Lore and Legend. My name is Jerry, and I will be your humble dungeon master for the course of these adventures. We are so excited that you are here to join us for our campaign, and we can't wait for you to hear what we have in store. If you're new to the game of D&D, have no fear. Knowing how the game works is minimally important at best to enjoy this show. Just remember that it's a group storytelling game about using your imagination, killing monsters, and being epic fantasy heroes using dice to determine the outcome of various challenges. I'm sure you'll pick up some of the mechanics along the way, and then you can celebrate all those sweet, sweet natural 20s with us. If you are familiar with D&D, however, then I hope you will enjoy our game and find our stories to be entertaining. Just so you know a little bit about us, we're a group of friends who have enjoyed playing D&D together for years now. There are nine of us. Yes, I know I said nine. That's eight players and a DM. For you D&D veterans, that number sounds crazy, and it can be, but we play well together, and it just works. Our last campaign lasted seven years and encompassed first through 20th level play. We absolutely love meaningful and fun storytelling, so we're in it for the long haul. We, however, do not anticipate this campaign to take nearly that long, don't worry. Many laughs, screams, gasps, tears, and character monologues have all been present at our gaming table over the years, and my hope is that in some way, shape, or form, those all resonate with you, like I know they have for us. You'll also hear us refer to a few house rules specific to our campaign that are not official 5th edition rules, and some of those are by my own design. I will tell you the same thing I tell my players. I never want to add or subtract from the rules for simply no reason, and I only want to do so if I think it will improve the experience of the game and end up being more fun. So don't be surprised if you notice the way they are used in the game change over the course of the campaign. D&D has been a great way for my friends and I to stay connected, despite life growing more and more hectic the older we all get. We come together week to week to catch up on life, pray with one another, and enjoy slaying monsters and telling stories that we find impactful and meaningful. We are each of us Christians, and we seek to glorify God with the things we do, and that includes the games we play. So, our goal with our game in this show is that we and you can enjoy some classic epic fantasy fun and explore themes and stories that do not stray away from godly principles. We do desire to provide entertaining content that is a Christian influence rather than the myriad of dark and worldly influences that can be found online. So... We thank God for the time we have to do the things we love with the people that we love, and we hope you enjoy listening to it. This is the beginning of something very exciting and new for us, so be aware that we are inexperienced with this form of podcasting and only intend to improve your experience as we continue to learn. I will say if you enjoy our show and you want to engage more with the community, get involved on Discord. Go to discord.gg slash Christian Influence and join us online. Let us know what you like about the show and talk with others about your favorite moments. Our Discord is a place full of Christians and non-Christians alike who are dedicated to a positive community that puts the cross over gaming. You can expect to find servers we host for various online games, awesome Christian streamers, our podcasts, weekly Bible study, prayer groups, and memes. Lots of memes. Again, it's discord.gg slash Christian Influence. Now, without further ado, please enjoy the very first episode of... Of Lore and Legend.
Welcome back to Volumgard. 1,236 years after Draken War, or 1236 AD for short. Volumgard's 13th century has been one of new beginnings, ancient races re-establishing themselves, technological advancement, heroic tales of recent past, and faith in gods that have grown more recently distant and mute. Their only evidence of existence and power is exemplified through their most devout followers. On the northern continent of Rykera sits five countries, Taproasia, Roskilia, Strelavand, Festonia, and the free cities of Ishana. These countries have existed in relative peace for centuries. Until, that is, three and a half years ago, when Taproasia, the northwestern of these countries, spontaneously tore through Strelavand, the central most country and peacekeepers of the continent. In a swift and inexplicable maneuver, the Taproasians were on the gates of Strelavand's capital, Mythden, with an entire army of men, machine, and monster. After over a year of suffering under tyrannical occupancy, the people of Strelavand stood up under leadership of their high prince and last remnant of the royal family, Quentin Bradley Strel. A year's conquest ensued as the rebellion slowly took back cities one by one until finally and entirely annihilated on the cusp of their precious capital. Their prince had fallen, his body not recovered by his people, and believed to now be on display in Blood King Kursok Landgrave's throne room. However, some Strel people still hold out hope that he's out there, planning and plotting, gathering his strength in order to rise another army and fight back once again. But time has proven otherwise. Intercontinental politics aside, we begin in the country of Roskilia. Directly south of Taproasia, southwest of Strelavand, and west of Ishana, Riskilia, a land of beauty and balance, from its northern sun wall border canyons to the majestic Kirkbine Peaks, dividing its southern beaches from the rest of the country, its rolling hills and countryside fit for the finest farming, to the eastern wall of the Tor Pinnacle, protecting it from the lawlessness of Ishanan roamers. Roskilia is a vast and respectable kingdom, and one in which its local dukes and duchesses take great pride in, almost as much as its people do. Roskilia was established as a hierarchical bureaucracy in the year 892 AD by Dominus Reskel I. Before the rule of High King Dominus Reskel, the region was disjointed, chaotic, fought over by frequent and new dictators, and frequently partially annexed by regions of Strelavand and Taproasia. Reskel I established a new capital, Steelhaven, in a significantly more defendable location and upon a more exclusive and legitimate trade. The northern mountains of the Kirkbine Peaks produce rich and pure iron veins. Combined with the southern Kirkbine coal mines, the location was both tactically and fiscally ideal. The combination of these two mining operations resulting in Reskelia being a leader in the world of fine steel craft. Now 344 years later, his great-great-great-great-grandson reigns at only 41 years old, High King Haman Reskel the Devoted. The promise of prosperity and safety has and always will be what rallies the Reskel people together and inspires true patriotism. And in such uncertain times as these, prosperity and safety is under constant threat to any and all of Rykera with the looming presence of the Blood Empire on their doorsteps. But our story begins much smaller than all of that. In the center of Reskelia's golden fields lies a town known as Tradinger. 
beautiful and bountiful. Tradeacre is the farming and agricultural mainstay of the kingdom of Roskilia. Serving as a center point for the many farms that find themselves in the region, Tradeacre sees people in and out constantly. Its rather central position in the kingdom makes it almost an unavoidable stop for most travelers and a destination for any who wish to trade their most recent harvest, livestock, or farming equipment. Governed by their young mayor, Pierre Laton Richfield, nephew to Duchess Greenholm, the owner of all lands between Tradeacre and Wild Valley, the people of Tradeacre live and love their simple lives. Despite the fact that most of Rescilia's well-being and sustenance, in more ways than one, weighs on their shoulders, work is work, and that is just what their lives are for, and they are content. And with recent threats of war looming over the people of Rescilia, the possibility of their goods being taken in service of an army is not a scenario many like to think about. In a room on the second story of the Hay Bale Inn, rising from sleep, a tall, gruff man, still dirty with the signs of travel, sits up, pulling on his overcoat. Your companion's still sleeping in two of the other three cots in the room. The three of you rode into town last night and arrived at an unfortunately very late hour. Much too late to check in on what you've been tasked to do. Arriving to lend your services that late at night may only start a business relationship off sour, but today, tasks are at hand. Levi, describe your character. A human-looking fellow. About 6162. White. Black beard. Black hair. And the beard is... A mite bit unkept. Strong lad. With long sword at his side. A backpack. With a bow strapped to the side. And axes along his waist belt. But bright, glowing cyan eyes. And what's your character's name? Hullock. All right, Hulk. what are you doing as you wake up this morning? I'm going to gather my things, gather my pack, gather my coat, and um, even before the others have woken, um, um, I'm going to go to the other guys' rooms. Mm-hmm. You're all in doors. one big room. Oh, never There's, mind. Uh, there are four cots in this room and they are occupying two of them. The other one is empty. Has the sun risen yet? You guys got in so late, it's probably like three hours after sunrise. Gosh dang. I'm gonna go over and kick the cots of both of these guys. Who's you kick first? Glonus, wake up. Byron, describe your character. Um, I am a shorter dwarf. A midget? Uh, no, just a shorter dwarf. Not as tall as other dwarfs. Just uh, red he- red hair, like a brown red. Um, and I only stand a little, a little bit shorter than other dwarves, as I said. Um, barrel chested, very heavy. Like, very heavy set. Um, fat? Not fat, more burly. But there's definitely some jiggle to my wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> What? What? What's? Is it time to get up? And what was your name? Clonus. 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 What? What? What's? Uh, 
What's daylight's time? burning and go over to the, uh, the cot. Oh, shoot, Cephas. Oh, I'm up. I'm up. And a giant-looking uh, person uh, who's seven feet eleven inches tall, <laughs> and whose uh, legs are well off of this cot that was not designed for yeah. species of my size. Uh, I don't roll off the bed. I just sit up from the bed because um, my feet are, are <laughs> so far hanging off of this bed. And uh, uh, the first thing I do is uh, I grab the, the sword that I slept with. It's a great sword um, that is well taken care of. And I take it and I gently put the tip down and I get on my knees holding the sword with the tip down and I say my morning prayer. Ilmater, Lord of the Rack, and the one who endures, thank you for your glorious light that illumines evil and warns the faithful of its coming. Ilmater, have mercy on those that have not survived the night and will not see this glorious dawn. Amen. Deep breath. All right. I'm ready. No oh, way. I gotta put clothes on, don't I? I'm stark naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bear that that bearskin blanket. Oh, when I'm like bald, I should tell you guys, I'm completely bald. I have some black uh, markings on my face that are like tat- tattooed, but also really blotchy spots along my face and down through my body that uh, seem very obvious to be burn marks covering a lot of my body. So for the two of you, I mean, you've traveled with him for a couple weeks now. You've seen the burns, but in this moment of uh, stark reality where you see everything, he's burned all over. Legs, back, everything. Not like disgusting... Like, there's no spots of clean skin, right? But there are just markings of burn, if I'm correct. Yeah, over my whole body. Ouch. All right. You get dressed. <laughs> I'll meet you downstairs. Okay. You go downstairs. Uh, Colonus, are you going down, or are you? Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get dressed. I was wearing a, like, nightgown. Okay. Kind of a thing. Classy. More like a big shirt. Yeah. One of uh, one of Cephas's shirts. <laughs> Basically, I wear his shirt. And it fits pretty good. Yeah. Um, you can't walk with it. Oh no! You you just over. I do take my shield that I have sitting on the side, and I lean it up against the wall, and I take a knife. I take my uh, sword and I carefully work on like kind of trimming up my beard. Okay. I actually don't like my beard being super long, so I keep it really short. Definitely leave patches every single day of spots that I definitely miss. Right. But for a dwarf, it's a fairly well kept and short beard. It's very, very well kept short beard. Yeah. Okay. Um, So as you finish your morning routine, you're finishing up prayer and getting dressed. Um, Holik, you make your way down the stairs to the first floor of the uh, the hay bale inn. As you reach the first floor, you see immediately one of the owners. Uh, You see Millen. 
the halfling old man. He's easily in his second century, uh, or in, well into his yeah his second century, um, and he looks up at you. It's last night you met his wife Thimble, who was who was here um, watching the watching the inn. Um, they seem to take their shifts opposite of each other. When they get a chance to just um, you know be husband and wife and speak to each other, no one knows. But um, he uh, he is standing here now. Uh, you know, it's 11 a.m. or close to it. Looks up at you. He's kind of wiping clean the bar. And I, uh, good morning. Morning. Oh, is your name again? I forgot. Holick. Holick, right. Um, Holick. Uh, you had two guys with you yesterday, right? Yeah, they'll be down shortly. Okay. Um, breakfast? Yeah. All right, well, today we're serving, uh, See, I can get you some meat and mashed tomato soup or milk and oats. I guess the milk and oats is really a breakfasty type, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess it is. Uh, milk and oats it is. Uh, ten copper. Do you, the other guy's going to want me? Probably, but they'll pay for themselves. Oh, my God, man. All right. Um, milk and oats it is. Uh, anything to drink? We've got uh, some apricot juice, some pre- fresh pressed apple cider, if you want it. Uh, just water. Oh, water, fine. Um, he walks into the back. Uh, you look out into the... He did this with you, like, on the bottom step of the stairs. Um, it doesn't seem to be a very busy day in the, <laughs> in the hay bale, and you see two other people sitting together at a table in the, in the far corner um, where they just kind of are eating quietly, not really talking to each other. It's, a, it's another older couple, um, both human. They just seem to be sitting here together um, enjoying their morning breakfast. Um, but you've got five tables that you're choosing and a bar. Uh, I'm going to go over to the bar. Okay. Sitting down, right about as you finish sitting down, um, you hear upstairs the the very familiar sound of um, Clonus's sword, or I mean his uh, his shield that was leaning up against the wall, you know, being removed. As you can hear it kind of like off the side of the wall. Um, and Millen walks out from the back as he uh, holding this milk and oats that he puts in front of you. It's Fine. All right. Um, oh, it's uh, tin copper. Yeah, here you go. All right. Um, you all came in pretty late last night from what my wife told me. Yeah, we were going through the night just to make it the last stretch. What, uh, what's got you moving here so quickly? Uh, it's a strange destination because you're clearly not farmers. No. Uh, we were told to... Meet with uh, Arthur. Arthur. Uh, it's a farm town. I'm going to tell you right now. There's probably 35 different authors. Aeneas uh, Adaptus. I've never been Adaptus. Arthur Aeneas. Arthur Aeneas. Oh, you mean Anduvius. Arthur Aeneas Anduvius. Anduvius. Yes. He's a, uh, he's a kooky old gnomish man that lives in the tower. Okay. All right. I mean, you. you literally can't miss the town. We probably saw it when we came in. Well, it was dark. <laughs> okay, with that, uh, the two of you upstairs, finishing up getting dressed and stuff, you coming downstairs? Oh, yes. Y- yes, definitely. You walk downstairs, uh, immediately greeted by the delicious smell of sizzling bacon, um, uh, potatoes, everything that's cooked in oil, as well as you see your... your uh, traveling companion here sitting at the bar eating some s- soppy oats um, 
and a, an elderly human couple in the corner. Um, behind the bar, you see uh, Millie. What are they eating? Hmm? What are they eating? Um, from across the room, uh, one of them seems to be slurping something, and the other one seems to be piercing little what look like eggs on a plate. I like to check everybody's plates when I'm in a anywhere where they're serving food. Okay. Get an idea of what I might eat. Okay. It seems like eggs are an option in some sort of soup as well as whatever he's eating. But the halfling looks up at you. Oi! You too hungry? Oh, I am starving, I am. Pretend like I'm three people. All right. And I wanted some bacon and eggs. Okay. What would you give me then? If you're three people, you mean how much? That's right. I can give you a whole platter of bacon oh. and uh, six eggs. Bill, made to bless you. Six eggs is a little on the low side. Oh. How about eight eggs? Eight, all right. And a whole platter of bacon. Um, we'll make it uh, 25 copper. 25 copper fare? Bill, made to bless you. Right. I hand him 25 copper. Okay. Uh, he looks at Clonus. Anything for you? Uh, what do you got that would stick to my bones? Stick to your bones? I'm, I'm hungry. I need some good breakfast. Oh, I don't even know what that means. Uh, milk and oats is pretty uh, sticky. I think that would do it. Milk and oats? Ten copper. Sounds great to me. All right. Um, he goes to the back. The two of you sitting down, I'm assuming, next to your traveling companion. Um, you see the elderly man sitting in the corner. He finishes up what he's eating. You hear the, his fork kind of rattle on the wooden plate that he was that he sets it on. He slides it out. After a kind of soft belch, he stands up and stretches and then walks to the other corner of the room where you see there are uh, two drums and a little harmonica-style uh, instrument that he sits behind, puts the one in his mouth and puts his hands over the drums, and he kind of slowly just taps on the drums and whistles this little harmonica-like instrument for the for his wife, presumably, and the three people at the bar. But he does take off his floppy hat and put it on the ground in front of him for whenever more patrons get here. But it's a nice little... Dum, 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 dum. Dum, dum. <laughs> Is it good? The food? No, the, the music. The music? Like. Um... It's fine. I mean, imagine uh, a fairly frail old man kind of thumping on some some drums and occasionally remembering to blow into a harmonica. <laughs> Gross. Um, at about that point, a couple more people walk into the bar uh, or into the, the inn. It looks like another um, couple, a clearly farmers. They have like some farming farming equipment hanging from their from their belts, um, they have some little bits of straw and stuff in their hair, and they uh, go sit down at one of the tables just as Millen comes out with your guys' food, puts it on the on the counter in front of you. Uh, oh, I gotta go check what they need. Uh, do you two need anything? No, I think I'm good. I heard you're meeting the wizard today. He's a real nut. Enjoy him. And he goes and walks over. Yeah, he said Arthur, the guy we're looking for, the full name guy. He's uh, some gnome wizard. Lives up in a tower. Old kook. 
Well, sometimes strange people are just misunderstood people. That's what I like to think at all. As I eat, like, eight pieces of bacon. <laughs> In one bite? Yeah. Just... Okay. Uh, you guys relatively quickly finish up your meal. What are you going to do? I'm going to tip um, the guy 10 copper. The hat. Oh, the musician? Immediately, he stops playing, and he looks up and puts his hands together. Thank you. Sincerely, thank you. I'm just glad to see that you're using your gifts to make people smile. Il to bless you. <gasps> his eyes light up. Il to bless you as well. Are you a fellow believer? Of course I am. You follow Il to do you? Of course I do. Well, I pray that all your suffering is taken away. And with that, you see kind of just a... He's hunched over. He kind of lets out a sigh. It always is. Ilmater is good. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he continues tapping his little drums. Um, you hear as you guys walk out the door a little squeal from where his his wife was sitting. Did he tip you? And then you guys shut the door behind you. Um, open into Trade Acre now. Um, you see this. Well, you see uh, buildings all around this huge cityscape. Um, almost all of them entirely made of like um, sawn in half wood logs. Uh, which is interesting because as you came in, you know that there are fields and fields as far as you can see and not a forest in sight for miles until you reach the Lormany Thicket. But, um... wonder what happened to the forest. But, bustling all around you, you see people bumping into one another, walking in every direction. Most of them, however, walking towards the city center going for the marketplace, uh, where you know... Uh, it is, the, like I said earlier, the center point of Raskelian uh, farm trade. But in that direction, to the north a little bit, you notice a strange tower, the only building unlike any other building here. It stands tall, made of these haphazard bricks. You can see little holes in it in different places. It goes up, and then it seems to kind of go over as if like with a balcony, but then continues going up from that side upward, like a strange lightning bolt. Crooked man in a crooked house. I actually like it. Rather pretty it is. I have a beholder and all that. That means something very else in the world of D&D. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes of the beholder. Eyes of... Yeah, that was a threat. Uh... <laughs> Are you guys making your way to the tower? Absolutely. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. As you walk forward, we will switch real quick. Walking to the gates of Tradeacre, three newly made companions have finally arrived after a week of journey from Basin Point. Jude, go ahead and describe your, describe your character. Oh my. I am a man. I am average height, um, rather thin, hunched over. Many layers on my body. Cloaks, what looks like a net, maybe underneath, just layer upon layer upon layer. Um, reaching down to about my knees, and I have my hood up. The cloaks come down to my shoulders and stop, and from that point on, it is just my arms 
Um, but my arms and my face alike are completely covered in bandages, except for, on my face, a slit, a break in the bandaging, so my eyes show through. And they are a deep sea blue, and the edges of them reddened, and the skin visible a bit clammy with red pockmarks. I have a long sword on my back, and two axes adorning my side, and I walk with a slight limp. And what's your name? My name is Edivard. Edivard, up ahead, you see the guard at the gate stand and take note of those walking in this morning. A line of ten or so farmers, some pulling carts and others guiding livestock in ahead of you, uh, all being checked into the city and briefly questioned about their business. Uh, You see two guards on the right side of the gate, and to the left, the three of you see what appears to be a halfling in haphazard armor standing next to a longhorn bull with leather blinders over its eyes. He brushes his hand across the bull, keeping it calm as it sniffs in the air in the direction of the crowd. Lexi and Mike, two of you standing next to your companion, uh, Edivard, describe your characters. You see a... Oh, I actually don't see anything. I am a tall half-orc woman, about 6'2", with skin like a succulent color, kind of a gray-blue-green, with long black hair and long pointed ears, uh, tusks that just go to the top of her lip, and a thin, very lean-muscled, with billowing skirts of blue and orange and red and purple all around her and a long black cloak that billows and when you see the underside it's blue Um, on her waist there's a whole bunch of belts with bottles and uh, bottles and bags and pouches and on her right hip she has a big tome that sits on her side and she carries I don't think she's carrying anything right now not a dead body what was her name? Venora how do you spell that? V A N O R R A. And finally, Mike. Mike. Being ogled by many of the farmers as you're walking in, uh, Venora, you're used to a couple stairs here and there. You're an exotic creature, at least in the, the realm of farming towns. But. Your newfound companion, only putting you to shame, all eyes of these ten farmers ahead of you, some of them who are being questioned by guards. Oh, yes, I'm here for this. Looking at you. Describe your character for me. It's my guy, about six foot tall. Um, His skin is fuzzy, slightly like velvety fuzzy, white. Uh, Eyes pearlescent but black uh, he has different symbols and uh, other things adorned either on his belt like a cross or little stones um, different things from if you guys worship different gods you would probably um, recognize uh, and some books but one of the biggest features that you would notice right off the bat is his wings. 
big old green, uh, purple on top, and a little bit of orange tinge right at the bottom. Uh, some people would mistake him as a butterfly. He's definitely not a butterfly. He's a moth. Mothman. Mothman! <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. That goes by Lumen. Fitting. Yes. <laughs> what was the name again? Lumen. Kind of racist by your parents. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, uh, Edovard, Venora, and Lumen, um... The line moves relatively quickly. Uh, you guys have had a week of traveling together, uh, getting to know one another and um, getting to see unfortunate traveling companions get flown away. Um, but arriving now, finally, uh, the, the cart let you and the other two out, um, and then the cart uh, picked up some more people. And Actually, no, you're... Uh, the guy that was paid to drive your cart actually uh, went inside town and has gone off to do things. But um, he seemingly had some sort of badge that let him in immediately. But the line before you uh, moves fairly quickly, and the three of you get up to the point where one of the guards, you can hear that bull like <laughs> to your left, and this halfling is just looking at you, brushing the side of it. The bull has these leather blinders over its eyes, kind of like a falcon. Um, you notice uh, one of the guards kind of leans in, gets your attention back over to him, away from the bull. Have you never seen a bull before? Not one huff at me like that before. Good. Um, <laughs> so, three of you together then. Yes. All right, coming into town, what brings you to Tridecker? You don't look like farmers, if I can say. We're here to uh, meet with the wizard in the tower. Unduvious? Yes. He hasn't received uh, many visitors in many years. Well, what business with Unduvious do you have? We've been sent from... Uh, where did we just come from? I can't remember. Basin Point. Basin Point. Uh, we're here for bodyguards. Oh. All right. Do you have any pr uh, paperwork that would show that, or...? I pull out a writ that has the name Arthur Aeneas Unduvius written mm -hmm. on the top. All right, fair enough. Uh, I got a line. You guys can go in. And he marks up. Oh, your names? <clears throat> he, like, looks at you for, like, <laughs> half a second. Does your pet have a name here, or...? <laughs> Racism. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, I'm Venora. Oh, Venora. he writes it down. Edivard. Edivard, and your name, sir? My name is Lumen. Lumen. <laughs> Where are you from, Lumen? <coughs> Not from this place. <laughs> I believe it. He writes it down, crosses a couple things. All right, three of you can go in. You don't seem like terrorists. Terrorists? Just know that the Longhorns are watching. And he points at those, the little halfling with the bowl. The bowl stands, I mean, five and a half feet tall. It's like uh, six, seven feet long. It's huge. Does These it? massive horns that go out at wider than it is, like four or five feet wide and straight forward into points. And what exactly are they watching for? Uh, trouble, mischief, terrorism. Bull bodyguards. That's a new one. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, I mean, they have riders. 
that that's that's even cooler. That's all right. Keep it moving. Next, as you walk in, uh, <laughs> walking into the gates of Tradeacre or fluttering in, um, three newly made companions have finally arrived after this week's journey. Uh, Edivard, you see Anduvius's tower a few blocks in the distance, standing tall all over the wooden buildings. Arriving into the town, there's a, an immediate hustle and bustle that you were told to expect, but still is surprising. You're told it's like the farming capital of Rescilia, but there are so many people here. You see people pulling carts full of cabbages or melons or um, people corralling pigs and, and uh, various other livestock that they're pushing through the city itself, where most of this would be kept outside the city in any other town. This is what this purpose of this town is for. Ahead of you, though, a few blocks ahead, you see this strange lightning bolt-shaped tower. About that point, you hear, you feel a Somebody bump into the two of you and just kind of pushes their way between you. And I'm sorry. And he's carrying like a bunch of farming equipment over his shoulder. It's a bunch of different rakes and spades and shovels and stuff. Seeming something he's crafted himself. And he just pushes through. I'm sorry, sorry. Are, you, are we just meeting straight at the tower? I assume that is the only place we would go. If you don't want to be bumped into so much, uh, you can huddle around me and I will begin to cough and retch and I think most people will not want to touch me. Make a performance check. Dude, oh I love boy. the pestilence hey, man. first roll of the new campaign. No pressure, though. <clears throat> I rolled a two minus two. <laughs> a zero! A zero. That's, That's how amazing. the game You starts. start like <laughs> fake coughing, trying to give this display, and then pretty quickly something catches in your throat, and you are really coughing. <laughs> you spit up some nasty mucus and stuff, oh, and you get the effect you wanted, but way too much. Instead of people being like, "Oh, get out of the way, let the leper through," everybody is like, "He ah, has the fever!" And a small crowd of people screaming that you have the fever rush off, and some run towards some of the Longhorn guards. I may have actually caught the fever. <laughs> I suggest we run. I just, I'll just hold up my holy symbol of like, I'm taking care of you. We need to get him to the, to the tower. We Make run straight check. to the tower. The second roll of the camp. <laughs> we should do this with every roll. The 432nd roll. Ooh. Ooh, that one rolls. This one's going to bring it back home. It's a two minus two. Um, <laughs> no. Does it's, it? Mm, it's, oh, wait. Oh, it's not a one. It's a seven. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. Minus. Uh, Twelve. Twelve. For the most part, people seem convinced. <laughs> a couple people are still like, Bending the ear of a guard, like whispering and looking over, just some strange old, like looky loo old women. They're like, <laughs> but um, most people kind of look in your direction, cover themselves up, or turn away as you drag this sick fool forward. Wow. <laughs> okay, you guys uh, rushing forward. Are you going towards the tower? The three of you. Yes. Okay. Fifteen minutes or so, or not even like five minutes of walking, briskly walking. Um, you rush towards the tower. Um, arriving at it, you see this tall, strange, haphazard um, brick tower building with um, large stone bricks. Uh, some of them different sized and haphazardly stacked, and you can see there's some, you know, 
stuff jammed in between to kind of help with insulation, but occasionally you see, like, or you can hear, like, the whistle of wind through it, and you can see, like, a clear little hole through it. Um, and, like, looking in, you can kind of tell, like, ah, oh, you see a chair in there. Um, but it goes up for about um, 15 feet before there's this strange kind of flat platform level. Then it goes up another 25 feet from that other side, making this strange lightning bolt shape. I have the top not of it, seen such an ugly building. I think it's quite remarkable. Like, no, yes, it's actually quite nice. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, defying the laws of physics here, this building still stands. Um, you see uh, straight ahead of you a red frame around a brown wooden door with this beautiful crystal doorknob on it that would, you know, presumably turn and open. Oh, sure. You got us here. <laughs> I reach out a long spindly arm and I twist the doorknob. And I open the door. As you reach forward You're just to grab to grab this beautiful crystal doorknob, and she goes, the door turns without you grabbing it, and your hand kind of closes on nothing as it opens up. And staring up at you, uh, you see a small gnomish man. Um, he's a bit doofusy looking. Um, he has gray hair shooting straight out, a tall, long hat that sticks up, and then bends down and hangs down to his feet where his feet as he moves kind of kick it around with this little like pom-pom on the end of it like a long sleeping cap of like the Sandman or something. Um, You see he's dressed in blues and greens and very strange like uh, stereotypical wizard's garb Um, but this the only thing that does not quite fit the only two things where there typically would be like a long robe he wears instead um, the top part looks like the top of a long robe, but it's tucked into a small little kilt, and he's wearing a bow tie. And he looks up at the three of you. I've been expecting the three of you. Arthur Anduvius. Aeneas is my middle name. I kneel. <laughs> he's about he's about two foot six. <laughs> Whoa. Two kneel and shakes them. <laughs> he's probably uh, he's probably just over three feet. We'll say three feet one. Still, even for an ohm, real small. It is a pleasure to meet you. I'm sorry if we kept you waiting. Right, right. Just come in. I'm busy. Come on. Is his? Does the rope stick out of the bottom of the kilt? Uh, <laughs> make a perception check. <laughs> is it two the pieces of clothing of that are stitched together, but he hides it with the belt, <laughs> so it looks like a kilt and a robe on top? You're about to find out. 22. 22? Uh, It looks like it is um, two separate pieces of clothing, and you see, like, little bits hanging. um, When he kind of moves quickly, his, like, kilt kicks up, and you see, like, a bit of shirt hanging forward. It looks like it's a strange dress shirt, kind of. It looks like the top of a robe that folds over, tucked into a little kilt. Okay. Um, The top of it being this dark blue, the kilt being a dark green. And then he's got this little black bow tie. And then this tall blue, like, nap hat. He looks up and, come on in, come on in. Hurry up, hurry up, I don't have a light. He just usher in, he shuts the door. All right, two of the of the eight of you that were sent to help me are already here. Um, and wait, which group are the three of you? Who sent you? Who sent... Somebody speak up. Um... I can't. He gave us an apricot jelly. 
He gave you an apricot jelly. That means it could only be... Oh, Edricor Agiterum. If he gave you apricot jelly, it could only be Edricor Agiterum. That would be the one. So you're the group from Basin Point. Oh. I should have guessed. I could smell the sea on you. Um, disgusting sea. this long? Dang. Uh, so... I'm going to continue making my breakfast. I only just woke up. Um, but if you don't mind, would one of you mind going upstairs and waking up the two guys? I'd let them sleep in. It's Ghibli's special day. I don't want to I want to make sure he gets all his rest he needs. Would one of you wake them up? I think it would be lovely to be woken up by you. You have a very... Just, you know what? What are you? Hovering over him. I'm Mothman. You're Hoffman? Mothman. You're Moth? Is that your name? Lumen. Oh, Lumen. Lumen the Mothman. Oh, I could tell. You're clearly moth. I can tell by the accentuations. And anybody that thinks you're a butterfly is an idiot. Um, exactly. Oh. Yes. Well, I know my <laughs> fey creatures. So, sure, Lumen the Mothman. Why don't you go wake up the boys? They're just in the room above us sleeping in the cots. And I'll have breakfast for the five of you if you want it. I'm still expecting three more, but... I don't okay. exactly have the most presenting. Um, okay. you see, That's a good point. You see a set of stairs up this circular building that I'm kind of curves around. Parched. Um, and you reach a platform down. where you actually can fly right up there if you want. You reach a platform where you see a door ahead of you. Fly right up there. All right. Opening up the door inside, um, you see a fairly there simple room. Uh, full of what looks intended to have two bunk bed cots, so four total cots in here, um, that you can tell just with your passive perception, looking around quickly. um, There's four cots intended to be in here, and then it looks like six more have been shoved in different places, (laughs) like he was expecting people, um, not knowing if you guys were going to want to stay here or not, so he shoved six other ones. And so... Luckily for you, you can fly. Whoever's sleeping in here has clearly had to climb over all these beds yes. to get to get the ones on the wall, where you see two people um, covered in some covers uh, under some cots over there, uh, or in some cots over there, um, sleeping. But you can't really get anything about what they look like. You just hear some... Yeah, I'll make a sound of an animal, so... Uh, huh? A rooster. Shoot. <laughs> a rooster? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, the two of you, go ahead and make uh, constitution checks for me. Let's see how deeply you're sleeping. Um, actually, no. Just make perception checks with disadvantage. Five. Five? Five. <laughs> two. So this loud rooster call. Both of them. One of them, you watch underneath the blankets turn to the other side, covering their face up and... You can see the whole blanket swelling up, going back down, <laughs> swelling up. That always works back home. Hello, wake up! <laughs> it's morning time. Get up! Got to get downstairs. The body of your body. <laughs> David was holding it in so well. Okay, uh, both of you guys, go ahead and make perception checks. Just flat, no disadvantage. Twenty-two. One. Well, you we still you sleeping soundly, but you're the one that needs to sleep in. You need your rest. Uh, you. You hear this terrifying voice. You. I've only ever known a handful of legitimate people, and hearing this voice 
flashbacks of who knows what comes back, and you open your eyes, pulling the blanket down and looking over, and you see this beautiful, elegant moth creature with the juxtaposition of his voice cannot be overstated. <laughs> Dude, I uh, like the what, uh, go ahead and describe your character. Uh, you look over and you see a green skin, brown shell turtle. Young child. Next to his cot is a, a shield, uh, a belt with some hand axes and a bow, and then uh, a, a heavy morning star. He's wearing just simple clothing, orange, kind of colored, kind of rust almost toga. Uh, he, he'll wake up and he looks at you and he goes, Hi, what's your name? <laughs> I'm Titus. My name's Lumen. Hi, Lumen. Let me get Ghibli. He's a real heavy sleeper. And I climb down and I shake Ghibli. You got Ghibli, you... You've been woken up like this a few times in your travels with him. Titus. Are we too late? Are they already here? We have other people here. This is Lumen. What? Go ahead and describe your character, Dave. The last one. Waking up before you is a rather, is a shorter man than than your typical than your typical uh, average being, which he isn't actually human, but he's a dwarf, a dwarf that has very much well uh, well kempt hair, much shorter beard than other dwarfs, even compares it to him, and he actually is quite more um, quite more what you call it, classy. Much more classy. <laughs> much more classy than much this Much more um, <laughs> than the average dwarf, right? <laughs> yes, as, as almost as classy as like a weirdly typical uh, nobleman, actually. Quite um, as the people would say in these times, dripped out. And on the side of his bed, there is a weirdly thin sword. One, one might call it a duelist sword so or nice. rapier. And he also donned a nice black cap to go with that as well. And his name is Ghibli. Like the studio. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. I'm already dead. I mean, Titus, did I die in my sleep? What is, is this heaven or is this hell? It is definitely not heaven. It smells way too bad. You're right. But I think that's mostly because you toot in your sleep. You didn't have to embarrass me like that. I told you theirs was my favorite. (laughs) It's it's Geralt and Siri. It's the weirdest thing in in the most random alternate universe ever. Titus, I thought we had something special. Why did you betray me like that? Lumen, are there more people downstairs? Yes, there's about two. <laughs> I think he said there's two. I think that's what he said to. I'm sorry, Lumen. Are you? Do you happen to, by chance, be the the bodyguards that have come here to help with the Arthur situation? Yes. Oh, well, yes. that that makes our job a little easier. Well, while they're talking, I'm gonna like have all my stuff. How much? Probably rolling athletics to get over all the cots. 
Go for it. Biff <laughs> it. Ten. Ten? I mean, with relative ease, you kind of... You stop halfway through, but only because you just love jumping on beds. And so you jump up and down for a little while, and ah, the day has plans, and you jump off the side You're of the tower and fall to oh. your death. Go back to ten candles. Go back to ten candles. To the horror one-shot, yes. Okay, what are three of you guys doing? Just staying in with... I like to you scares me as awkwardly, I simultaneously just went... Out of my shell. <laughs> I mean, I put on the rest of my nice, um, I guess, nobly clothes, and I guess I'll meet you downstairs. Lumen, what's your name? Are you yes. still floating? Yes. All right. I walk underneath him down the stairs. If you're not a devil and you're not an angel, what and what are you, Mothman? <laughs> okay, I'll meet you downstairs. Is that what you're telling people, even though there's a name for your race? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's simpler. It's simpler. Yeah. I like it. Um, people really ask so much better. better. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Um, okay, so the three of you guys walk down the stairs? Yep, yeah, I'm leading the way. All right, so you, you know, marching down the stairs. Um, Edovard and Venora. Edovard and Venora, you guys see this... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle with a flail, you know, walking down the steps uh, behind him. Behind him, floating, you see Lumen and uh, and this dwarf. Uh, what are you guys doing? At this point, you see um, Onduvius is still just he's just scratching at this pot, trying to scrape up the bacon that he burned. Morning, Arthur. Oh, good morning, Titus. I would be trying to help Arthur with his breakfast. Oh, you want to do it? Here you go. I'll get the oats. You can't. You you. Okay. You can't. Blame just scrape it, it off. And people can eat whatever they want. Uh, and he walks over to this big pot, just stirring this big pot of oats. So I knew we were going to have up to eight guests today, and I, I wanted to make sure that I had food for everybody. Very kind of you. Very kind. Of you. He blushes. Some <laughs> of the pretty ladies that it was kind. So. <laughs> He's speaking to the pot. Yes, uh, into the pot. She's, she said that it was very kind to me, so <laughs> stirring this pot of It was better you oats. died. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's better that I put you in the stew. Um, Hello, I'm Titus. Are you hurt? You have a lot of band-aids on. No. Okay. You're emotional. Uh, yes, I'm deeply traumatized by... I don't know what that means, but breakfast is almost ready. Yes, breakfast is almost ready. Uh, uh, Titus, you know where the bowls are. Grab the stack of bowls. I think we have another... If you combine the forks and spoons, people can use some of each. And, oh, we're still missing uh, three people, aren't we? Venora? Is that a turtle? Oh, I, I very quickly put together that it's a child. Well, um, you'd both be technically correct as I walked down the stairs, oh, dwarf. Hello. Hello. Oh, Are you yes. the other two bodyguards here for this um, Arthur situation? Yes. Yeah. The it's two nice of the to three. see a somewhat normal-looking. I heard that. Cre- no, you're great. You're brilliant. You're it's great to brilliant. see you. Really. It's a pleasure. It's a ple- The pleasure is mine. And what were the names of you, fine gentlemen and gentlewoman? My name's Venora. I say as I reach over Titus and hold the bowls down from the cabinet to give it to him. <laughs> hey. Venora, my pleasure. Nice to meet you. And you, Victor. I am Edward. Titus. Eva. 
Avod. Edo Vod. You can call me Ed. Ed. Oh, I like that. It's easier to say. Ed, I am not very great in names, so I will take that. Yeah. I will definitely use that. It Ghibli, my feelings, but. it's your big day. Duel it? number two. Oh, I like to sleep in tonight. Oh, or not this morning. Day. Oh, shoot. And How the other three are late. That's really embarrassing for them. They're going to miss breakfast, too. So well, the duels tonight, Titus. Yeah, but they should have been. I hope they're for, not that late for family breakfast. <laughs> Does he yeah. not have a family? Excuse me, Titus. Are you it's, it's, in a It's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> you killed his family. <laughs> 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 hey, is that your one shot? It's is like that the like Batman and Robin? If Batman yeah. murdered Robin's parents. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Maybe it's true. Any child race? of mine will be like hmm? me. Like a rat race? <laughs> it should have been, uh... Yeah. Whatever a rat race is. What's uh, Ninja Turtles? What's his name? Splinter? Splinter? Splinter. <laughs> you're, the, you're a master splinter. I like it. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, no. The It's tonight at the Spit and Spill, you know, your second duel. Yes, yes. I, um, I do remember now. It's If not for that duel, we'd stay in tonight. But I'm excited to see you win. Did you win uh, the last duel? It was a very close fight. But, he tried very hard. Uh, what you call it? The <laughs> so opponent unfortunately got the the, oh, the upper hand on me. I did lose. Now you know better. You'll, he, you'll do better tonight. Well, well, I mean, he he's good pedigree. Do you know who his father is? Probably a dwarf. Ghibli Senior. It's funny that you say that because... <laughs> well, I'll let him explain. <laughs> I, I didn't think that would come up. <laughs> so soon. <laughs> Well, uh, funny you should ask that, but my father is um, is a human. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. My father is a human uh, by the name of Leon. 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 Nora uh, takes out her book on her hip and starts just writing furiously. I mean, he's um, he's the owner and, and and he's the owner and boss of uh, Invictus. I don't know if you heard of that around here, around these parts of towns. Invictus, um, very very high end. Um, Clothing brand and jewelry. Never heard of him. No. It's ringing a bell. Yeah. Yes, was... many bells. I was just bringing up the fact that your father was a champion. That's all I meant to say. I oh yes, and he was also a former champion. I apologize if I if I uh, drudged up family history on your first uh, encounter. I just meant to mention that your father is a champion, so he's of good pedigree. Um, and Ghibli will be a champion too. I thought he won the last time because he was much more out of breath and sweaty than the other guy. <laughs> in due time, my dear friend, in due time. But sorry, I, may, I should have simplified that a little bit better. Um, my father used to be a uh, used to be a world champion, a former world champion, uh, undefeated, and I wish to be more like in that in that fashion. Well, we're all excited to watch you tonight. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> we're taking the whole group. I well, hope I don't disappoint you all. That's, that's my hope. How like Titus said, as long as you get sweaty. Um, How tall are you? I'm five, I'm five foot. Five foot. Oh, I'm pretty, pretty tall. tall. Mm-hmm. Decent height. Uh, with that, the three of you spent you know your time walking through the city a uh, few people stopping um, you know to get out of your way you guys kind of command respect the three of you together are I mean formidable like a better word but you specifically Cephas a couple of people occasionally will notice the holy regalia and stop and, and like either nod their head or or uh, speak a prayer um, 
you've seen more than in other towns. Um, this town has uh, has a Ilmater following. Wow. Which is refreshing. Yeah. Um, but ahead of you stands this strange lightning bolt-shaped tower. The three of you stand ahead of you this strange lightning bolt-shaped tower. You guys walking up? Yeah, I go up to the door. Okay. okay. Um, behind it, you can hear laughing and... Um, and talking and mumbling what sounds like the voices of, like, a small crowd. Well, we're not the first to arrive, are we? Surely. Best to knock. Absolutely. And I just pound on the door. Okay, all of you hear this loud <laughs> pounding on the door and uh, Arthur on Duvius. Oh! That is the final members of our little breakfast party here. Um... I'll get the door. Everybody hide. We're going to surprise them. Uh, All right. Everybody hide. Everybody roll stealth check. <laughs> I, I stand awkwardly in the middle just, of the room. I just go upstairs. <laughs> you try and run all the way upstairs? Okay, make a dexterity check. Let's see if you... Get next to the mic. Let's see if you can run all the way there. Titus crit fails. He just reverts into a shell in the middle of the room. And then That's <laughs> crashes. But, but it, he crashes down, but he kind of does that thing like when, when plates. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa, I got 20. <laughs> wow, for a total. It doesn't matter. Even if it's a 20, that's incredible. Okay, um, you three bounds. You're halfway up the stairs. You dive and <laughs> slam the door upstairs. Uh, Titus, you... He said your hide, shell. So I just went... Um, <laughs> Arthur, you did good. You watch as you start to hide. Arthur like goes up into his hat, and the hat lies on the counter. How are you going to open the? Oh, you're right. You and then he crawls out. I was opening the. Hide, 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 hide. I forgot. I wanted to show you a cool trick. And then he walks over to the little the door. I should have had somebody else open the door. I can open it. Hide. What'd you roll? 14. Okay, pretty good. No, no, no. no 11? Okay. So you kind of ha- hide behind a lampshade. Fitting. Um, <laughs> you're standing awkwardly in the middle of the room. Um, and at that, on Duvius opens the door. The three of you see, the three of you, one hulking figure, one fairly big figure for a human, and one decently sized dwarf standing there, just kind of, all of you though, looming over this man. He looks up, Wow. So you three must be the ones from Wild Valley, huh? That's right. Yeah. So the mayor sent you, right? He sent us to protect you, he did. Well, you're going to protect me because we are certain that my head's next on the chopping block. (laughs) Um, And... Well, head is half your body, isn't it? Good one. Uh, hmm, You're getting less bacon. Well... I smirk knowing I already had a whole plan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we're about... I mean, I'm about to eat breakfast. Come on in. And he opens the door entirely. The door is only like five and a half feet tall, so even you have to crouch a little bit. Can I roll inside to see if I have, like, suspect that he's up to something? Sure. <laughs> sure. What gave it? I mean, I... <laughs> Seven. Uh, wait... This guy's weird. You don't know if he's up to something or not. You have no reason to think so. All right. Please come in. He stands at the side of the door. 
the three of you, I mean, you have to pull yourself, basically pull yourself down to go through the doorway. Um, and the ceiling, though, is like 15 feet tall, so you have plenty of room once inside. Um, immediately when you walk in, you see standing awkwardly in the center of the room this bandaged, lanky man covered in way too many layers for how hot it is outside and nets surrounding his waist. Um, and at his feet, this v- 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 giant turtle shell just kind of rocking back and forth. I take a leisurely step in front of the turtle shell. Okay. And whisper, I've got you. Uh, with that, let me see. Your guys' <laughs> passive perceptions. Yeah, I, I mean, see everyone besides him. <laughs> it's just you. Those two have no passive perception, I forgot. So you notice um, you notice everybody's hiding spaces, but you guys walk in and you only see those two people standing right in front of you. He saw me? Well, I thought there were a lot more people here. <laughs> it sounded like it. There was a lot. Wow. Yeah, I thought there'd be more people, too. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> oh, yeah, the only one you wouldn't see is... Uh, <laughs> you are surprised. Somebody pops out from the door upstairs. Oh, <laughs> oh we got him so good, guys. <laughs> Go out. Wait. We'll try it again. We'll try it again. <laughs> That's not Am I surprised? No. <laughs> I think you're a little yeah, surprised. I know, I'm surprised. But you might not show it. Oh, whoa. Now that was pretty cool. Look at that guy. Came right out of the shell. Yeah, it's a trick I can do. And no one else seems to be able to do it. Well, I've never met anybody else like you, Titus. Hi, I'm Titus. He reminded me. Hello, Titus. <laughs> Titus, I am Cephas Bartomei. You look pretty cool. Thank you. You look very big. I am a bit big, I am. <laughs> and who's this bandaged fella? Uh, my name is Edvard. And what happened then? Can I notice in the bandages around his eyes? What does it look like? Does it look familiar to me? Um, actually, how does he need to I make may. a perception check no. to see the no. red? Okay. Are you you as a follower of Ilmater pretty familiar with diseases? And well, I've it, seen a lot of diseases. Yeah, it looks strikingly um, like the picture book leprosy. My poor man, I wish you not to suffer. Do you know Ilmater? Uh, is he a friend of yours? We have much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I very I much so track. look forward to it. Okay. You see he pulls out a small little pamphlet, handwritten oh. <laughs> information, I'm assuming, about Ilmater on it. All about Ilmater and what you should know. Maybe some, some sample prayers. May you suffer no more. Read this, and let's talk about it. I take it and, without looking, just stuff it into one of the robe uh, layers. Knowing how pretty uncomfortable he gets around. Oh, like, thank you, please. I walk in, I'm like, hi, I'm Fenora. Hold there on one second. As you grab the... Oh, no. Die. <laughs> you hear a whisper. A familiar one. Yeah. And there's something cold to the touch to this pamphlet as you put it in your pocket. Are you? Uh, I greatly look forward to it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I just try to get in front of you a little bit and hi, Jen. Hi, I'm Venora. 
Very nice to meet you. Venora. Venora. I love the name, I do. Thank you. Pretty name. And who is this butterfly, then? <laughs> I just sidestep. <laughs> I've never seen such a pretty creature. <clears throat> Thank you. Oh, wow. All right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right. That, that Not a butterfly. Moth. More related to the mothkin than butterfly. All right, then. You are phenomenal. Is he flying? Are you floating or? Fluttering. Is he like eye level with me? I guess typically you're like six foot maybe, so probably, right? Jeez, yeah. yeah. My favorite thing about you is I'm not looking down at all. I never felt what it is to rest my neck. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> weirdly, weirdly like endearing at the same time, very much like superiority. <laughs> I'm setting the table and I'm making sure that my spot has a spoon and not a fork. Nice. There's, there's, there's uh, five forks and four spoons. So. Okay, yeah. Me and Gibbly get a spoon. Nice. <laughs> uh, I walk to each of you. Introduce myself. Thank you, Titus. Thank you. Hello, Venora. <laughs> Hello. Nice to meet you. Oh, I guess I should be writing down names. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And I think it's time for breakfast. Uh, yeah, I have breakfast for each of you. Um, so there's oats, a little bit of bacon, and I have a half a slice of an orange for each of you. We'll get to know each other over breakfast. Um, and you watch as uh, you were setting the table, but you just, there was no table to set. So you were like handing people bowls and forks and spoons, and you're holding them there. And uh, with a quick swish of his hand, you watch out of the side of the wall this large stone slab, and then like a foot out of the stone slab, not a foot, but <laughs> like, like a table leg, um, shoots straight down out of that slab. <laughs> yeah, two feet, uh, shoots down out of the slab. Uh, and there's this long table for everybody to sit at. And uh, with that, you watch another flick of his hand, and you see um, the wooden panels on the ground like peel up almost and form chairs for everybody to sit in. Uh, please, please take a seat. I have much to discuss with all eight of you. I'm excited you're all here. I mean, coincidentally, some of you got here at the same time, which is weird. Um, but, and he floats this huge, rickety, you know, his hands shaking, this huge pot of... Of like um, basically cream of. Oh, I take a quick step back. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's like right on the limits oh. of his mage hand. He's like, oh. <laughs> and you watch it like sloshing pot. around. <laughs> Onto the table a little bit. All right, breakfast. Oh, give uh, the bacon. Yes. All right. There's a little tray of bacon that she was scraping off of. <laughs> Most of it's burned and in pieces. Um, and then he has half an orange for each of you. So there's four oranges sliced Ooh. in half. Um, and then a full orange he puts in front of himself. <laughs> uh, please, eat to your uh, your heart's content or whatever's there. Um, All right, let us pray. Oh. All right, and a I religious man. I my companions. Yes. He's really grab a hand. Yeah. Oh, I was hoping just Matt and Byron would hold hands <laughs> for just a second. <laughs> um, and I and I pray a blessing over the food in the name of the Mater. Okay. And when you're done, right? Let, uh, let's eat. <laughs> I waltz over to um, Arthur's uh, seat place, and 
Like Indiana Jones, but in about half the speed, I just gingerly pick up his full orange and set my half an orange there. Make a sleight of hand. Okay. Can I distract him? Ooh. If I see what he's doing. Uh, 17. What's your passive perception? Passive perception is 15. Okay. 17. Oh, I didn't see him. Huh? I didn't see him doing it. Yeah. I'd say if you had had one high enough, then you could have tried, but you said 17? Yeah. All right. Um... With relative ease, yeah, he, he doesn't seem like a very eyes-in-the-back-of-his-head kind of guy mm-hmm. as he's, like, literally looking the other direction, like, wow, so your name is what, Hullick? <laughs> and you just switch around. it, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, wow, Hullick, what a weird name. Um, and the three of you, so, introductions, introductions, please eat, eat. Um, Hullick, Clonus, Cephas, Ghibli and Titus, Edovard... Benora and Lumen. I got them all right? Okay. Good. Um, so I'm sure you're all wondering why you're here. Yeah, yeah. So right. curious. Uh, I don't know how much those who sent you have told you, but um, I belong to a secret society, one that I cannot speak the name of, uh, and this secret society harbors artifacts of great power. Um, And we spread them out throughout the land. Now, one of our members was recently attacked and by the grace of all the gods, her attackers were thwarted by our resident Ghibli and Titus here. Um, And due to them saving her life, uh, had they not been there, not only would the artifact have been taken, and she would have been killed, um, but I wouldn't have known that it had happened for at least some time. Now, the, the assumption is what, who or whatever is doing this is making their way through the members of my society. How they learned who we are, we do not know. Some of us have one of these artifacts they're looking for, some of us don't. And the point is that nobody knows who does and who doesn't. I do have one. Now, now you all know. I only say that because you're probably wondering if, why you'd be here if I didn't. But I do. They took hers. She's alive. Either they're coming for me next and it's taken them two weeks, or they've been working their way through the other ones and killing them, and I just don't know yet. Um, but there's quite a few members of my group, and I do hope they don't all die. So... Your purpose for being here, day and night, uh, stay here with me. Um, Well, during the daytime, my understanding is these individuals don't necessarily attack. You may stay with me, but you are not required to. It's just for the night uh, you are asked to help protect me. Is that fair? Yeah, they did attack us that night like cowards. Very very cowardly. And you will be compensated. What per se is the artifact that we are protecting? That's interesting you ask. I can't tell you. (laughs) What is the name of this society, then? (laughs) Well, that's something I definitely can't tell you. Fine, fine, fine. I'll tell you the name of the artifact. Ooh, that's probably worse. The negotiating skills are un... (laughs) Is it the same thing that she had? Uh, Yes, it is. Ah, cool. I don't know it. (laughs) Yes. Well, I guess two of you have seen what they look like. Uh, All right. You could describe it and just not tell us the name. It is small, spherical, 
Um, it is the size, it is, a, it is about this big, you know, maybe a few inches across. Um, and it is crystal, crystalline with many different sides to it, not perfectly spherical, you know, kind of rough cut. Um, and it is, it is uh, not entirely transparent. Um, the edges of it are kind of green. The center is kind of cream-colored. It's a strange gem. Is this something that you are carrying on you or in your house? Perhaps. I just, I, huh? should we be guarding the house or guarding you? Guarding me. Okay. I wouldn't want to put it anywhere else. Now that I know that she was killed and one was taken, I've been keeping this one on me. Uh, so. Will our garden be indefinite then until an attack? Or... Well, when you say it like that, it makes it sound like you might be here forever. Uh, we're, well, I'll just say, I'm, uh, I'm 99% sure that people killed my friend and took this thing, and I'm 80% sure that they're coming for me next. And we're 20% sure on the timeline within the next weeks. Oh, could be today, could be tomorrow. Good. Let's hope it's not tonight, because today's Ghibli's big day. Today's Ghibli's big night. <laughs> so would and be. typically I would sequester myself deep in my tower, and I would ask, you know, ask all of you to bolster up and protect me throughout the night. But tonight, we're going to an event. Speaking of hay, though, what two, two will silver a day. Two silver a day. That's fantastic. Make an intelligence check. Can I make one as well? Sure. Excuse me, Arthur. I was told that there was something you could get me. Um, a book by Abdul Al-Hazret. Uh, who made this promise? Uh, the apricot. Who did it? No, the apricot jelly man. Uh, yeah. Which book? Uh, well, we can talk. The next one on one. Sure. Well, since we're speaking of wages, um, the way this will work is two silver apiece per day, and then uh, until the job is complete or I've been protected or dead, um, under the assumption that I am killed, I'm sure all of you will be killed, but whatever. Um, until the assignment is complete, you will receive two silver a day. If you successfully protect me, you will be given a bonus. Uh. Whatever I see fit. Surprise bonus. Yes. <laughs> or you could, what would you like? How much would you like? How much is my life worth? I guess that's up to you. <laughs> exactly. I'll say 20 gold apiece. Is that fair? If this goes on longer than a week, the bonus will increase by 20 gold. How's that? Fair. At least by my account. Um, what were your guys' intelligence checks? 12. 13. Okay. Um, I mean, assuming you're here a week, that'd be 16 silver. That's a little over a gold and a half. That's not entirely unfair. And the 20... I mean, bonus. for mercenary work, it's kind of low. Mm -hmm. But, like... If you were working, like, on a plantation or something, like, for one of these farmers, you'd probably get paid, like, a silver and 50 copper a day, maybe. Um, but it's also, mid. like, half days? 
because it's really you're not nights. doing anything during the day. You're yeah. just protecting. You're just you just need to be here, and somebody needs to be on watch during the night. And then you may not ever do anything. You're just here. So it's like eh, it's not quite middle of the road. It's just below middle of the road for like cell sword work, protection work. But but the twenty gold at the end of the week does but, that even it? Or uh, that makes it. I mean, if this, if you're only here for a week or less, twenty gold makes it pretty worth it. Assuming you stop some threat on his life. I mean, obviously. Obviously. Okay. I can't say for everybody, but it's fair for me. I'm in. All right. You, Lumen, are you in? Yeah. Okay. Those are the only ones I was curious about. <laughs> I guess we're the only non <laughs> Just kidding. Are the rest of you in? I mean, we've been we can negotiate the pricing if it's unfair. <laughs> I mean, we're we're kind of committed at this point. That's true. I mean, the two of you are already committed, so. I'd like for you to make a matching donation to the local orphanage. The what? The local orphanage? That's right. Don't you have one yet? I think there's a church that takes in some kids. You want uh, you want a matching donation? Whatever I give, you give too, yeah? Oh, you're going to give money to them. Right. You don't want me to give as much money as I give you to them. No, that's not. I want my pay, two silver a day, plus the bonus if we get it, mm. plus you donate whatever I donate to the what church. What would you be donating? Well, we all have our secrets, don't we? Roll the persuasion check. Excuse me, I'm going to use the little turtle through him. Okay. Um... <laughs> You donate uh, like 16. 16? Because <laughs> it's not directly out of the pay. Okay. You're going to donate a mystery amount. Uh, and you match it. Let me check which, uh, which place this would be. It's your god's arch rival god. I mean, it wouldn't be your god. The one that takes in children. I mean, he might, but, like, the one that he was talking about is... Wait, no, no, Barlow. No, Barlow has a temple here. What's the mother god? Uh, Miradine. Miradine. That's the one. I have... There's four primary temples of this city. Barlow, Miradine, Kiltus, and Azotol. Um, there's, no, there's no designated orphanage for orphans. There's not a designated orphanage. That's kind of what Miradine does. So Miradine is one of the divines... Her domain is hearth and home. Um, she plays a huge role in the lives of the people of Tradegger, particularly because, I mean, her whole thing is like um, like familial bond. Do they take in orphans? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's basically every Miradine temple throughout okay. All right. everywhere. That's what, one of the things they do. Okay. For example, like they do that, whereas um, like an Azotal temple also has, like, will, will host the Smith's Guild you know, right. equipment and stuff. Have yeah, Cerebrin has libraries and stuff like that. And your god has the plague. <laughs> no, but your god has like <laughs> infirmaries. Take yeah, infirmaries, things like that. Yeah. Um, if you were real. Yikes. Interesting. You're taking yeah, interesting. religion. Pollock is taking an interesting uh, position. Um, You're the angsty 12 year old. Okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever you donate to the Temple of Miradine, I'll, I'll match. All right then. Got a deal. All right. Anybody else have any demands? 
Maybe a recommendation. <clears throat> Maybe a recommendation letter. A, re- a recommendation. <laughs> I forgot what's on the board. A recommendation letter to where? Just a general, hey, I recommend Lumen. I could, I could draft something up like that. It just says, hey, he has my endorsement. But whoa, yikes! Yeah, I, I gotta know you a lot better than that because my weight or my word carries weight. Can I do an inside check on that? Sure. Ten. Okay. Uh, as far as you can tell. He doesn't seem to be lying, but whether you believe him is up to you. Okay. Right, my word carries weight. Uh, what do you want a recommendation to, Lumen? I'm trying to remember if I have... What do I have again? I just recently got Dyslexia? It. You recently earned the position of Erspline, which is no longer student, but it is like um, graduate at the school you were at. Is that only in that town, or is that... It's just at that, it's at that school and library. Okay. I mean, if you go to other schools and you show them your accreditation, they will, they, they will see, oh, he has put in work, and they will reward you however they see fit, and whatever access they choose to give you is based on them. Um, but there's not, like, a school system that will all, you know... Um, there's not like a, a series of schools by the same name, I should say, that honor it in the same way. But other schools in other cities and other libraries will see will see that Erspline accreditation and probably go, oh, well, he, he has done some work. Maybe we'll give him access to our records or something like that. Okay. I was looking for maybe a general <laughs> recommendation since I've, I'm an Erspline. Oh, you have the title of... of <clears throat> you have the title of Erstline, eh? Wow. Agitarum saw you to be quite the student, I see. Okay, okay. So you can be trusted with information. So you want to... You literally do want me to write up... Hey, this is Arthur Aeneas Anduvius, and I hereby recommend Lumen. Uh, still doesn't sit well. Go ahead and make a persuasion, actually. You know what? I'll think about it. Uh, no, I'll think about it. I'm not going to say no, but I'm not going to say yes, but I'm going to think about it. And you wow the socks right off of me, and maybe, maybe then I'll give it to you. He's wearing, he's wearing like really small shoes, but no socks. He's clearly, he's clearly put an impossible task in front of you. <laughs> you have to find a way to put socks on him and then wipe them off. <laughs> this guy gets it. This guy gets it. So, uh, the eight of you have met each other. You seem amicable. You've gotten to meet me. Uh, oh, for the extent of your stay in town, I have cots upstairs for all of you, or I know of some good inns in town. But the cots are free. That's so fun. Wait a second. Duh, you have to be here. Yeah. Because you're protecting <laughs> me at night. Good thing I put those cots in there. 
So okay. just one room then? One room, eight cuts. And Ghibli does too. Apparently that's true. I, <laughs> I haven't noticed. I, I sleep above I guess him. that's true. <laughs> hey, heat rises and I haven't noticed anything. And I'm, I'm in the room above him. So. And it's definitely only Ghibli. As you're just chowing down on more fiber. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me, my friend? <laughs> uh, but yeah, on the uh, docket for today, the town is yours for the rest of the day. Just come back maybe an hour before sundown. Well, yeah, an hour before sundown. We'll get ready to go. Put on your finest clothes. We're going to an event. It's Ghibli's big second duel. If I might, um, I learned how to do something. I need the components to do it. Oh. It would help in your protection. Fair. What are the components? Um, silver thread. Okay. And a small bell. Okay. Uh, let me check my my private collection of uh, spell components. I'll see if I can find either of those things. If I can't, I can send you the right place. Fair. Do they have to be a particular value? No. Okay. The silver thread might be should be too spendy. Um, actually, nope, I can't do that anymore. I lost that page of my spellbook. Uh, or else I'd just fabricate a piece of silver into silver thread for you, but... Uh, yeah, I will... I'm on it. So, I'll get on that for you right now. The rest of the day is yours. See the town as you wish, or do nothing for all I care. And meet me back here an hour before sundown, and we'll get ready and go to Ghibli's event. Where is Ghibli's event at? The Spit and Spill. It's a rowdy old rodeo place. Amazing. And what What time is that going to be at? Uh, I think it's just after sundown. He should be there a little early, I'm assuming. What end did we stay at? The hay bale. Uh, yeah, it's the Spit and Spill. It's a rodeo den. Okay. It's a Sounds jaunty, lively little place. Did you see the Longhorns when you walked in? Yes. They wrestle those there. Oh. What are they sniffing the and snuffing about? They're... Well, if you ask a guard, they'll tell you they're smelling for terrorists. And they said that we didn't look like terrorists, which really... Well, it, it, it kind of Why insulted me. What do you mean? Like I'm a very terrorist like That's a good point. Well, he must have charmed him. No, I feel the exact same way. He must have charmed them. I mean, his wit. You must have confused them. Your wings. Uh, yeah, it, the three of you walked in together then. I mean, you just... Hypnotized them. Yes. Uh, Probably looking for goblins. That makes sense. We have a bit of a goblin show? issue around here. Yeah. What? We Are ran you a goblin with a home on your back? Are you a goblin in a shell? I don't know what that is. A goblin? And I could attest, you I'm so quite sure he's not a goblin. You've never seen a goblin. Do you come oh, you from, just got it? Uh, do you come from turtles or tortoises? Um, I just see that you're eating meat. and I, I was unaware. Oh, it's bacon. Oh, good point. <laughs> It's not meat, it's bacon. Of course. I see. Mm. Uh, Turtles, I had hers because she was th- super nice to me. Oh, would you like mine? 
Here you go. <laughs> I'm actually curious, Titus. Where did you come from? The hills, like over there. Well, simple the, as that. The mountain. <laughs> have me too. Ever been? Have you always lived in the hills? Well, until like now, like oh. five weeks ago. Have you always lived in your shell? Yep, never been out of it. <laughs> that would be painful. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's much safer inside of it, so. <laughs> well. Have I ever seen a tortoise? Uh, a tortoise or a, a turtle? Make a... May I as well? Uh, you're fairly well-traveled. <laughs> I, yeah, you've seen a couple. They usually I live lived by in a water? cave in the mountain. Do they usually live by water? Yeah. Hairy people. Is that like that a, is that just a racial stereotype? Or? Yeah, I got the water, <laughs> but the water was really strong and took me to a lake. Then I went to a town and I met Ghibli. You got your answer. Quite you got your answer. Have you ever had um, turtle soup? Oh my god. I'm <laughs> not a big fan of soup. Uh, ah. That would put a good. damper on things. That is a curious question. If he eats meat, well, maybe we don't need to plague his brain with these sorts of. That's right. Sure. Um, sure. Well, I speak for yourself. I'm, I'm plastic. Have you ever seen a tort? Have you seen a turtle before? Yeah, they're all within the riverside. Okay. 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 That makes sense. That makes sense. There's a lot of them in the lake. Quite a few of them were in nets. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's a little sad. Are you wearing <clears throat> the nets like clothing? <laughs> you like hide it under your clothes. <clears throat> <clears throat> yes. are, are you wearing them like clothing? The Probably what is my first layer is what looks like maybe a fishing net. Or okay. A okay. Net with some weight on it, yeah. I'm a very good swimmer. No turtles in my nets. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Until you accidentally miss with that net and hit. And hit. <laughs> okay, um, what would you guys like to do? You've got the day to yourself and Trade Acre at your disposal. I want to first ask Arthur to show me his rooms and what the security is going to look like for that. Yeah, my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're going to be in there by yourself, where's the entrances and exits? Okay, and I got to find you your silver thread. Yeah. Fair enough. Follow me, whoever would like a security detail tour. I'll follow. I'm, I'm following follow. directly behind. Is everybody just going to follow him? I'm <laughs> going to go. I assume we've already been. You're yeah, gonna go. we've you guys have seen the whole tower. Titus. Okay. We're going to go into town. Yeah. What would you like to do today, Titus? Well, we should probably figure out where you're going. Yes. Uh, be around there and maybe do some shopping. Oh, and the name is Titus? Not Titus. Titus. Well, I said, I said Titus. I just, that's what he said. Okay, he said. I, I know I know people that like yep. Excelion, like yeah. um, it's Titus. Yep. Uh, did you just try and make my voice come from your voice? No. <laughs> that, I, I'm ahead of town. Incredibly rude. I'm not trying to mock you. I just shake my head. I'm genuinely wanting to know if everyone is mispronouncing. So you're not a people person, Pollock. That's a fair point. That actually is a very fair point. Now that you've mentioned it. Yeah. I I know a guy. Well, I used to know him, Echthelion. And it sounds like 
It's just a yeah, lisp. That sounds like a lisp. But it's not. That's his legitimate name. Holik, it costs you nothing to be kind. <laughs> I'm trying to be kind by knowing his real name. How much does it cost to be mean? Oh, that's free, actually. That is also free. Oh, it's the same price? Cost is great. And it comes for us all. All right, then. All right, I'm going to town. Let's go shopping. I'm going to go check out where okay. uh, I might make a donation. Okay. Uh, and I'm also going to uh, look for a place to buy another uh, hatchet. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> we'll start with those walking around <clears throat> the tower with... Um, Hand axe. With... Uh, wow, what? Oh, Arthur. Um, so, Venora, who else go Shoot, with him? real quick. I'll go with him. I need a hand axe. I lost one. Okay. So, already, Edovard and um, Cephas heading out Cephas. together. What's up? I think hey. she's walking around the tower. Like, yeah. The ones walking tower, around the tower. tower. Is that you two? Tower. Yeah. Yeah. The tower and you two. It's good to have up there. Holick and Clonus, you guys are checking out the tower? Yes. Okay. So, these four, those two are going out into town, and those two are going out into town. Sounds good. Mothman. So the four of you following, uh, following, cool. wow, why can't I remember? Arthur. Uh, it's too many new names. Mm-hmm. It eight years of, a, of another campaign. I'm going to learn all We've already names. got eight new character names, yeah. not including all the NPCs. So following Unduvious around the tower, uh, he takes you to the second floor, which immediately you've seen, Lumen. Um, opening the door, the door kind of <laughs> bumps into a cot. And then you see seven other ones. Well, actually, you would see um, uh, three other ones, all, like kind of jammed into the middle of the room. And then there's these four that are bunk beds that are up against the wall. Um, you kind of have to awkwardly walk around them or walk over them to get to the other set of stairs. Uh, he explains that. So this is your rooms. Um, there's four here, you know, in the middle of the room, and I had to jam some in here. Um, and then there's four against the wall. Upstairs. Uh, and he walks you guys up there. Um, you see this room. The door is. Um, is there any windows on this floor? On this Sorry. floor? No. Okay. Um, it's going to get real warm in that room tonight. <laughs> um, the next room. Um, he walks you up to this door, and you see a very thick, like heavy wooden door um, with uh, no window or anything on it or anything like that. Um, and you see a like a an iron padlock style lock on it, and he goes ahead and <clears throat> pulls out a key, unlocks it. You see he goes to push the door, and as soon as he does, you hear a <laughs> like it's blocked by some sort of iron bar. And you watch him close his eyes and concentrate, and then he carefully moves his hand to the left. <clears throat> and as he does, you hear like a metal bar behind it sliding. Uh, then he opens the door up. Inside this room, uh, you see a very posh, like, beautiful uh, king-sized bed um, lined with velvet and silk and this really, really beautiful bedspread. Um, A nice large chest at the foot of the bed. Um, There are three windows on this floor. Um, You see uh, various little uh, desks with like uh, bubbling little alchemical potions and stuff. Um, You see hanging from the ceiling. Uh, The ceiling here is about 20 feet tall. You see two separate chandeliers made of like crystal. Um, And at the center of them, these little bobbing, beautiful kind of bright lights that 
make this beautiful, almost rainbow pattern uh, across the walls as like this, you know, fractured light across the entirety of the room. And as he kind of waves his hand, you see the color of the lights that was kind of changing uh, now just changes to white so that it's more easy to see in here. Uh, Well, I had to turn off my special cool uh, sleeping lights, but this is my room. Any secret entrances that we should know about? Secret entrances. And you said there's no windows, right? There's three windows. Three windows, sorry. Yeah. Do you have any other rooms? Uh, upstairs, there are a few more rooms. Uh, storage room, I have a, uh, a gallows. I'm just kidding. Uh, I have a balcony, and I have, um, I have a dungeon. Do you have dungeons the, upstairs? The dungeon's the top floor, actually. Interesting. Do you have a door to the balcony? Uh, a door to the balcony. Uh, the balcony room is the next room up. And then you, there, it's kind of an open, it's like a little, it's, it's, it's cozy. It's kind of a reading nook, a bit of a breezeway, uh, open floor plan, uh, opens right up to a balcony. Oh. Are there windows in your dungeon? No, not much of a dungeon if there were. Yeah. I already put it on the top floor. I'm not going to double down and put windows in it. Are there locks between um, your floor and the balcony? Yes, of course. Okay. Any floor that connects to my room has uh, about as much luck as you saw just now. Okay. So the door out of here going upstairs has a sliding metal lock um, and a a padlock. How hard would it be to convince you to sleep in the cot room? Ooh, pretty hard. Hmm. How hard would it be to convince you to let somebody stay in here? Ooh, even harder. But you can try. Got two choices. What are those? Cot room or somebody staying in here. Wouldn't those be the same? Yeah. Sounds like one choice. Not sleeping alone. Why don't I sleep in here? And uh, I think I know this, the little ability you're looking for. Oh, and he walks over to this, what looks like a wardrobe, and turns a key and opens it up. The key was already inside of it. Turns it, opens it up, and inside you hear all these little, like, jangling things of, uh, like, vials and glasses and um, bits of metal that kind of rattle around as he opens it. You can see all these vials full of, some of them with, like, dried herbs and spices and some with, like, um, uh, little um, concentrated, like, concoctions. Try to see if I can figure out any of those spices and things. Sure, go ahead and uh, make a, I guess, make an intelligence check. Twelve. Twelve. Um, I'll see pretty quickly you do notice um, what looks like ground heart thistle is the one that you you uh, recognize. Um, but it looks like a bunch of spell components. Um, and he starts rifling through some of them and ah! you see him pull out this little tray. And on it you see these little threads of silver. Some of different lengths and one of them that's kind of wound up. And he pulls one out, puts it back, pulls one out. This one should be long enough. Is it just a thread of silver, or do you need a bunch of silver thread? Just a thread of silver. Okay, yeah, here you go. If it protects me, you can have it. I wasn't using it. Uh, the bell, you might want to check with... Um, I looked around, I didn't have any, but if you need one, uh, check with highs and lows. Uh, they're a general good store here, but I know for a fact that they specialize in um, things that, you know... 
They sell branding equipment, things like that for cattle. I bet you they have some sort of bell. All right. Um, if not a, if not a little like a bell for a little cat, maybe like a cow bell. Um, but yeah, so looking around here, or looking around here, um, there are three entrances other than the doors, those windows, and um, they kind of form a triangle in his room. Um, they are fairly kind of uh, eccentric. You didn't notice them when you were outside the building. Yeah. Kind of pretty stained glass of various colors, and they depict some sort of imagery. Um, it, it looks like uh, a globe, a globe with um, the a rough idea of maybe what the layout of the continents of Volumgard look like, um, <clears throat> and then surrounding it, just this dark glass with little like uh, holes poked in it, so that the light that comes through looks like not poked in it, but little like um, spots of clarity that make it look like stars um, and the, on that globe you see various um, like threads laying across it of various different colors oh does it remind me of what the annoying lady was talking about no, oh the image the yes yeah the ley lines yep it, look like it, lines? it looks like a depiction of the arcane ley lines the quilt of magic that is over the earth that wizards can manipulate and if I've never to. seen a picture of that I would like to draw that Okay, yeah, you go ahead and sketch something quickly, um, and he kind of, as you're doing that, and he finishes what he's doing with uh, Holok, he saddles up next to you, and uh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Absolutely stunning. I had a, an artisan from, <clears throat> from Steelhaven uh, fly here himself and do it for me. They're stunning. The more you know about that while we're here, if you could tell me all of that would be amazing. Well, he typically specializes in crystal, but I had him work with glass. Um, there, there is a bit of gold throughout it. Um, I did use some. Um, uh, we melted down and fabricated some various gemstones, so they're worth a fair amount. Uh, and he just goes on for. Like, Are any of those gemstones imbued? Im- imbued into it? Like magically? Oh. <laughs> Would I be a wizard if they were not? Probably not. Does uh, each ley line imbued with magic? <laughs> that was what I was going to ask. Magic in it. Mm, that would have been a good idea. That was very beautiful. No, the, I used gemstones so that I could more easily craft a spell to the, to the window itself, so it's a protective spell that uh, keeps the window from breaking. I was just about to ask that. Yeah. Good. And they don't open. They're just for Also looks. good. And I did not notice them from the outside. No, there's a, an illusion on the tower to make it look like uh, it shouldn't be able to stand. <laughs> it's very good. Thank you. Uh, the tower is, in actuality, just straight. Interesting. Good fact. Uh, so, nobody can break through these windows? Shouldn't be able to. Unless they're a more powerful mage than I. <laughs> and nobody is. I want an inside check. <laughs> sure. That's something like one well. so bad. I'm, uh, are you listening to their conversation? Oh, I mean, you can't. I mean, I'm they're not. Around. They're not having yeah. a secret. Thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> I saw it. I don't know. Uh, I'm not even gonna roll for him. It's so obviously he's like he's not trying to convince anybody, but he is kind of. He's like really poorly faking blind confidence. Yeah. Just like. Is it more of like? He's very confident that Windows not going to break more than he's confident that he's the most powerful wizard. 
Are you, are you asking, is he more confident in the power of the window or himself? Yeah, the window. Like, is he, what are you doing? Like, is he pretty confident that that window's not going to break? Um, it seems as though, I mean, he said he enchanted himself. Um, he, he seems pretty, he, seem, he does seem confident that it can't break unless someone more powerful than him mm-hmm. tries, like, to break it. Um, and it doesn't seem as though he's at all confident that there are not wizards out there yeah. that are more strong. I, than yeah. him. But it doesn't seem like he's saying he's just some petty student. He seems powerful, but he's like, there are certainly wizards. So he, he seems fairly confident. I'll say he does seem confident in his ability to not break. Okay. Still scared about you sleeping in It's mostly a 50-50. Yeah. With, no, with no guards, with three windows. Oh, I just got it. There were two options, weren't there? You were saying, oh, yeah. you were saying either I don't stay in here or someone stays in here with yes. me. Yeah. Yes. When you said it earlier, I thought you were saying someone, I stay in there, which by happenstance would mean that this is an open room, so therefore someone else would stay in here, or I don't stay in here, which is the same thing. So that's where I was confused. Oh. oh. No. I you I mean you stay in here with a guest or you stay it. down with the guests. Right. That that So there are two options. Yes. It just seems silly to have eight guards and you stay by yourself. That does. Okay. Somebody can stay in here with me. Okay. It's up to the eight of you to decide who we can I don't figure care. out who's strongest. You don't care? I, I I don't particularly care now. Well, if Titus is right, then maybe not Kibley. Probably, probably. I don't need him stinking up the place. <laughs> <laughs> but you're the one with the windows. <laughs> they don't open. <laughs> they can if I want them to. But So, we'll figure that out tonight and see who has the most communications. Understand. Well, is this the extent of the what you would like to see? I, I do have For a... For now. Okay. So, do you have a study area? I do have a study area, and he points at a couple desks in the in one side of the room there. Um, they're kind of like pushed up against each other to make this large desk. Mostly full of various papers. Um, there's a like a chalkboard up on the wall, too, full of different arcane like runes and equations that he's been working on, um, and some spilled chemicals. Okay. So it's like a more alch- alchemistic. Uh, it does nature. seem whatever he's... It does seem like whatever he's tinkering with right now is alchemical, yeah. Okay. Not to say that's all he does, but it does seem like, from what you saw in that, that huge cabinet of spell components, most of them were alchemical um, and the things he's got on his on his desk out right now that you're not sure how long it's been since he's tended to them, but they do seem alchemical. I would like to see the balcony. Just... Of course. Yeah, I, Upstairs with me now. You don't have to go like through his room to get up to the next level. You do. Right? You, so to get to the next level, you have to go through his yes. room. Yes. Okay. Like you had to do downstairs. You had to walk through like, those cops. I didn't know if it was like, like there's a yeah. Like, a center chamber and you like stairway around. No, uh, like, stupidly, um, you're up there and then you walk to the other side of the room like, and then start up the stairs. Okay. So the only so when he locks his bedroom doors, there's no way to get into the upper portions. Yeah. Correct. Okay. You have to go through this one to get to the upper portions. There's not a side staircase that goes up them all. Um. 
what was asked? Oh, yeah, so he takes you upstairs, um, another set of locks similar to the last, and in this one you see a much more open room, a bunch of bookshelves uh, lined with books. Um, you do see a very open balcony um, that's like 10 feet wide, goes out over 10 feet, um, and you step out onto it. You can see the entirety of Tradeacre. It's a beautiful city. Um, but he does explain... I would be crazy if I didn't have some sort of way to protect my books since they're in my balcony room. Um, And he pulls you guys back inside and you watch him kind of hold his hand out, his old hand, rickety. You watch this kind of spectral hand reach out to the side of the wall where it becomes the balcony and it grabs hold of this like metal, um, this metal handle. And as it does, it pulls out this cage and he's like, Would you help me with it? Yeah. And you watch as Hullock pulls out this metal cage and it clicks into place. And it's like these iron bars. Actually, they're probably... They look like iron, but they might be another metal. You're not sure, just looking right at them. They're, they were fairly light. Um, and they click into place on the other side. Um, and he pulls out a key, puts it away. So the camouflage that your building has, is yes. it just an illusion? Yes. So things can pass in? Yes. Okay. Um, how thick apart are these doors? Uh, gate, the bars. The bars? They're about... Uh, I mean, it's kind of like those ones at like a store. They're about... Okay. S- but not as good, I guess. They're like six inches apart. Oh, okay. All right. And like... Is there cross beam? Mm-hmm. About every few feet. Okay. So like a bird could get. A bird could definitely get through, yeah. And the locks appear to be just about the same. On the cage? Between... um, Yes, between the rooms. Mm -hmm. Okay. I feel like it wouldn't behoove us to have people on both sides. That's what... Just thinking. It wouldn't. Two down, one in the bedroom, and then having three people awake. Where you do want people on both sides? Yeah. Oh. Like a sandwich! Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Just like a sandwich. Takes shifts, three people awake, and then four, wait, how many of us? There's eight of us. Well, there's well, there's <laughs> going to be three up, four down, or mm-hmm. four, three down, four up. Mm-hmm. And one in the middle. What's up? While they're communicating and talking about plans and stuff, I'm going to walk up to Arthur and be like, uh, I'm going to ask permission. May I cruise through your library? Uh, certainly. This is um, less of the... This isn't the the extent of it. I have some vaulted away, but some of these books are very valuable, so be careful with it. Absolutely. Knowledge is precious. And then I'm going to go look for some books. Okay. What are you looking for? Honestly, I'm going to look for whatever kind of like catches my eyes. Something that would be knowledgeable. Okay. Value knowledge. Yeah. Go ahead and make an investigation check. Oh. Uh, 12. 12? Um, initially giving everything a cursory glance, um, you see a lot of books in languages you do not speak, like titles. Most of them actually don't have any um, titles on like the backs of them. Um, but the few that do are in languages you don't entirely recognize. Um, actually, you may want to check that. Yeah, because I do know you know some. 
Okay. So you do see a couple that you recognize that are in Elvish. Okay. Or in Elven. Um, uh, a couple, obviously, in Dwarven. Um, in those, two, those books, you see four of them, three of them in Dwarven, one in Elven. Uh, they're all very old. They look very aged. The leather is kind of peeling. Um, you pick up one of the Dwarven books. It supposedly tells the tale of a very, very old Dwarven king. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, uh, an ancient Dwarven king um, from a time long ago. It doesn't have years on it. Um, but it does say uh, the fables of late King Hecaton. Um, in addition to that, I, I do take notes. Yep. On anything that I find important. Okay. All right. Um, a couple other books. You see some like agricultural surveys, like very boring. Not um, interested. But uh, you do see one. Um, that says uh, fantasy and folklore. Okay. Um, perusing through that kind of quickly, you see um, old tales of, of heroism. Um, uh, the story, uh, you see the, sto- the creation myth, uh, how, it's, how it's divided out with the original eight divines um, coming to this plane and creating this sphere. Um, you see, uh, this is all just in this specific book, um, the story of the century sanguine when um, the draconic incursion was was thwarted through the help of Leoric and uh, some champions of the gods. Um, and uh, you see blank pages at the end of this book. That where more things can be written in, and you see scribbled into it um, uh, a recent story. Um, it's it's fairly recent. It looks like he may have inscribed it himself of how a, a, a group of heroes stopped a, a goblin incursion here in town. Son of a gun! You goose head. I like it. Okay. Built that up for a while, huh? Was that was that was that written um, in Dwarvish? Because this is the Dwarven book. Uh, no, was this in or was this? This like one wasn't Dwarven. The Dwarven book was the the, the, the king's history. story. Okay, history. So this was fantasy and folklore. Just, it was just, just written common. In, it was written in common. Okay, I just want to check. Um, what was in the Elvish book? You pulled out one of the Elven books. Um, the three of them were together. Mm-hmm. Um, they look like a three-volume series uh, listing genealogies and ancient Elven. Um, families. Okay. This is just a family book. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to peruse through for like the next umpteen time that I have. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, with that, is there anything that you guys, the security team, wants to look at else? Or anything else that you want to look at? Or? Nothing here. I was going to go. Is the. Rodeo. Is it open? Uh. Yeah, they probably have some rodeo games going on right now. I know that they'll have to prepare for the duels tonight. Um, but as far as entertainment, well, you know what? They might. No, they should be open. I want to go scout that up. Okay. Uh, walk the perimeter and then just like be in there, buy a couple drinks, like go from the different sitting areas and just see what I see for what might be weak spots and stuff. Okay, sounds good. We'll get to that after we go around a little bit. What do you, how do you feel about being 
carried. <laughs> what? I, Why? I, just, just. A I'm not a child. No, we just have a giant, and he would be pretty safe if he held you. <laughs> In some way. Yeah, you could make me look more like a child. Uh, 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 no. Like a wizard on his back. No, 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 no. I'm known here in town. I mean... I'm respected. I didn't mean right now. Yeah, but tonight at the event? Yeah, that's true. It was just an idea. Hey, you could get a great view. No matter where we would be, you would always have an eye on the action. No one could stand in front of you. It would make you look like a powerful, like <laughs> you were on top of the world. Advantage. <laughs> oh yeah, you can have advantage because of her. Yeah. Yes. That's fair. That's fair. Oh wow! From a five to a seventeen. Woo! Fantastic. That's he rolled an eighteen. So yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> Why are you? <laughs> you have a negative charisma. Yeah. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> The hiccup is where that negative charisma comes into play. He's like making a really good point that he. Dude, I, for, I could look straight at the action and you'd be at the center of uh, tension. Uh, Think about it. We'll go over some like. I need to make an work. entrance, but after I've made my entrance, yes, I will climb up on your giant shoulder so that I can see the action. Yes, yes, yes. I ha- <laughs> we have to talk to the giant first. Okay. Yes. I go find giant. 